Episode 40, Meet the Grader Series with Aaron from AGS Robo Grading. Hey, card fam. I'm going to get right into this one because it's a little over an hour long and I want to keep it in one episode and I have so much to update you on and discuss. And I also think that this is the last in the mini Meet the Greater series with grading companies. And so I think my next episode, my next podcast episode after this one is going to be a wrap up and final thoughts. So enjoy this one and thanks for listening. Okay, I think we're live. Welcome to episode 40 of The Card Diary by Hobby S. Thompson. I am your host, Denny Cards, a jack of all trades, master of none in the hobby. And as I like to paraphrase Jay-Z, you could be listening to any podcast in the world, but you're here with me, and thank you so much for doing so. However, you're not just here with me today. I have a very special guest for this continuing mini-series of Meet the Greater today. I have another individual from a grading company, this time not a grader, not an owner, but the head of operations, also known as the operations manager. His name is Aaron Arroyo, and he's also the first ever employee of AGS, which stands for Automated Grading Systems, which is a trading card grading company that utilizes artificial intelligence. So Aaron, welcome to the pod. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, you know, I really enjoyed our pre-recording uh, uh, kind of chat, and you know, <laughs> it's a, it's amazing. I, I had Eddie from C three Grading on, and he we were talking about being kind of like, you know, um, kids growing up in New York City, and you mentioned that you currently are in Staten Island, right? Oh yeah, it was uh, when I was watching some of your stuff, and then when we first talked, I, I didn't realize you were from New York. So you told me you were from Queens. I was like, oh, awesome. Okay, I'm from Staten Island. Um, but like to me, it's important to like emphasize like the part of Staten Island I'm from is like the Wu Tang district. You know, there's like the Wu Tang side of Staten Island, and then there's the side of Staten Island that other people know about. Uh, so this is where I reside. It's, uh, oh my! It's, I, yeah, we're very North Shore over here. That is hilarious, the North Shore. So I remember taking that ferry uh, when I was a kid, and I actually remember going to a local card shop when I was a kid because I had some friends who lived in Staten Island, and I don't remember the name, I don't remember the street and the intersections, so I mm-hmm. apologize. I don't know if it's still there, but I do remember going to a local card shop in that area, and like you know, that's where my friends from Staten Island they would like you know go after school and hang out. So oh yeah, um, how would you say the card scene is over in Staten Island currently? Oh, uh, we 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 have like four local shops. Um, we have a good Yu-Gi-Oh scene, a good, a very strong One Piece scene, a very strong Digimon scene, like competitively. Um, and uh, one of our local stores has been picking up Lorcana uh, a, a lot. Uh, Sunday tournaments, Lorcana. I'm trying to get there myself. Um, I'm more of like a card player than like collector, uh, so mm. I like to play a lot of these card games. So we have a really good like tournament scene. We have about three or four shops locally, and we have like one that emphasizes on sports cards like empire heat um great local shop they uh recently just moved to the mall uh on the island so they get a lot more foot traffic now but i can't i imagine their rent's got to be skyrocketing there um but it's nice we have another one that's planning on opening uh later uh 
in about two weeks that should be opening up near our store. And uh, when we talk about like local card shop, um, the room we're actually in is attached to the AGS office. Um, so I'm just going to like move my camera around a little bit. We're mm -hmm. actually trying in the midst of building our own little local card store. We're going to call it AGS Cards. Um, our building's located in a baseball field. Um, so we get a lot of like foot traffic, you know, uh, like six months out of the year. Uh, and we thought it'd be a good idea to attach a card shop um, to our building. That way customers can come in. We have a bunch of slabs and the display cases product they can buy product and we'll throw grading services uh for free with the purchases of that that way they can also get a tour of the facility take a look at the scanning machine they can save on shipping costs um but a way for us to interact more with this community here um because it's we just want to we it's a baseball field and a lot of the people come are sports collectors uh the younger people definitely do more tcgs but it, it would be a better way for us to interact more so we're it's still being built you know um but uh, uh, you're this is the first time we're showing it to any sort of public you know so you know, some sort of exclusive worldwide debut premiere um yeah so for the people who are listening only in audio as podcasts as opposed to like you know i don't really publicize my or promote my youtube channel too much i probably should but for folks who are listening only in via audio um when you panned the camera to where you are could you kind of like paint me a word picture about what you were kind of showing like right now yeah i can tell there's a deep dark perp, deep purple color background wall um, yeah, so i see some go ahead Sorry about that. So uh, purple is definitely like our main color uh, mm -hmm. that matches with the business. So purple accent wall with a robo grading decal. We have shelves with uh, Funko products on top of them. Uh, we have multiple display cases with sealed product and slabs. Um, and then we have an entire wall just dedicated to sealed product, um, all different types of TCGs. Um, something I think AGS does really well. Um, is we like we do a lot of TCGs. We we do sports cards as well, but we also um, get a lot of feedback from people who want like Kickstarter TCGs. So I have like Acora back here, Grand Archive, Rise, Titan. Like there's a bunch of unique stuff that you might not be able to find somewhere else uh, here as well. So we're trying to uh, create this. It's, it's a small, it'll be a small store, but we want to create, um, you know, a place for people to come um, and check us out. And that way you also get some free bonuses with your purchases of your product and make that value go further. I only recently found out about the difference between an LCS local card shop and an LGS, like a local gaming shop. Cause I, you know, there, I have some in my area. Okay. So my understanding is LCS really is more for sports cards that can also have like trading card uh, and TCGs, mm -hmm. uh, Pokemon stuff. But an LGS is really for like these tournament trading card players. Would you say that's kind of accurate? Yeah. 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 And board games. And board, and board games, games. board yeah. games and statues uh and you know just like because uh, the hobby's wide it's really right. wide and um so uh, i think when you get to the uh, lgs like you definitely include board games here uh one of my favorite spots on the island is uh you spend like ten dollars and you're able to hang out in the store for a couple of hours play all the board games they have on the walls uh sit there and play cards i love it i love that environment i love that business model uh it's really good for community building um mm -hmm. Whereas, like you know, if it, 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 it's 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 less transactional, you know, uh, which I appreciate when you have the local gaming store. I love that you guys are trying to get 
more integrated into the local community. I think that's what I've been trying to do recently as well without trying to open up my own shop because that just seems like just such a um, impossible task or, you know, it's, it's like a pie in the sky dream type of thing. But when it comes to, you know, like locally, I've like tried to set up a trade night and I'm trying to do some more things uh, where I'm, you know, integrating into the local community, um, you know, coaching soccer, which I don't even know much about, but they needed someone coaching my kids basketball uh, teams, which I'm much more comfortable with. But nice. trying to give back, you know, try to get more kids into the hobby because, you know, I think, you know, that we have to like this is the next generation. Right. I mean, I would have loved if I had someone who was you know, not just giving me free packs or free cards, but just like information, just sharing mm-hmm. information, because we know that when you're young, you just kind of, you can absorb things like a sponge and like you, you can learn from, you know, the, the, the older generations. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I definitely agree with you. I think the world's a big, big place. There's too much going on all the time. And if you spend a little bit of time and focus in on what's around you, your family, your community, and you do more things in relation to that and to water that grass, uh, the brighter, personally, my life has become. Uh, and, you know, being in Staten Island, and I specifically mentioned that I was like, you know, the Wu-Tang part of Staten Island, uh, there was like a big like art scene there. So we had a lot of music, a lot of my background uh, in college was like photography and videography. So it was a lot of like communal art shows. Uh, my first job was at the Parks Department you know, doing like uh, community, uh, community building, community events. Um, so I just feel like when you slow down from how crazy the world is, how big everything is, and really focus in on like what's around you, uh, what your community is doing, uh, you can improve those areas and it will enrich your life so much more than trying to change the big picture, you know? So if you're doing trade night and you guys make some friends there and you have more people who feel comfortable going out to something weekly, uh, have you ever heard of the term third places? Third places, yeah, kind of like uh, you know, I, not a shout out to Starbucks, but that, that's the first it's thing the third that place. came to mind. Yeah, if you want to explain that more, please go ahead. Uh, so like a third place is like you have your home, that's place number one. You have your work, it's place number two, and third place is somewhere else that you can go and just exist, you know, uh, and and do things and have community. Um, so for some people that could be a bar, for some people that could be mm-hmm. a local coffee lounge or a board game shop that you can hang out. Uh, and I think we need more third places and more reasons to go to third places. Um, Cause I just think people like, yeah, it's really cool. Like it's great that I'm talking to you from long distance and we're able to have this conversation. I really genuinely appreciate them having a great time, but it's like people need physical spaces where they can interact with other people. It's just it's very human. And that's why like, that's why I say, like, I'm not really a collector. I play games. Mm-hmm. I want to holify my decks. Like, I want to I wanna have the shiniest cardboard. I want to get the alt arts mm-hmm. because I want them in my deck because I just want to meet these people and play and drop these cards and, and trade uh, the physical nature of it. Uh, mm-hmm. The physical nature of this type of hobby uh, makes it perfect for third places you know so uh i would encourage you to continue doing what you're doing you don't have to open up a shop but if you have a good relationship with your local store that's amazing yeah no absolutely yeah i I do plan on continuing that for sure and i love the way you kind of said it water that grass you know uh strengthen and deepen the roots uh of, of the lawn of the hobby and you know this idea of third place i know you know covid we all got through it and it was difficult but i think third places definitely took a a big hit from a physical mm-hmm. brick and mortar standpoint 
um, you know, the hobbies certainly grew during COVID, but more virtually, but getting back to these third places, again, like you pay $10 and play all, all you can play, like you go to a buffet, all you can eat, but mm -hmm. you're just playing board games and just getting tactile, like just, just connecting with people in person. Because, you know, I think something I recently struggled with is interacting with people online where I just feel like people talk online as if like, you're just not a real person. And I can't believe the way some people talk, like you would never talk to someone like that in person if you're playing oh, yeah. on a board game. I mean, if you did, you probably get kicked out of the store, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing, like you don't talk like that because that's just not socially acceptable. So when I see people come coming at me or saying things, I'm just like, why would you, you would never say that. You would never, you know, so that's a classic keyboard warrior type of people. But I think when you are able to humanize and normalize like, well, not normalized, but this whole concept of the meet the grader that I've been doing that you said you, you've seen clips of is trying to humanize the grading experience because so many times we, we just get so like, oh, these graders, they bad day, you're going to get bad grades. And, you know, you can never they're so inconsistent. These humans they are terrible. And it's like, you know, we're, we're all just trying our best here. Right. No, literally, people are just like people are just working. They're doing what they can, you know. And I mean, like, yeah, when you talk about like comments on the Internet, um, it's been a very strange, I'm like a pretty private person. Like this is the first time I'm doing something like this. Uh, it's really strange for me. Uh, so like our social media is growing pretty rapidly. We have like 25,000 followers now on Instagram. And it's crazy because uh, we are a newer, newer grading company. We've been open for a little more than two years. It feels like sometimes you're under a microscope. Um, and uh, like every, like no one's like, I always, uh, my background like in cinema, right back in my college days, uh, you never notice when an editor does a good job. You notice when they do a bad job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, if something feels off, so it's 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 strange feeling like you're more under a microscope as like a business because uh, sometimes it feels like there are people who are waiting to watch you fall rather mm -hmm. than try to build you up. Uh, and uh, like, I don't know. I've met with other grading companies, uh, uh, the managers, the head graders there. Uh, things like that, and I want majority of them to succeed, you know? Um, so it, it feels weird, like, seeing, like, online comments of people just, like, wanting your downfall almost. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. um, so this is a very interesting experience to me. I'm trying to put myself out there. We'll see We'll see it, uh, what it's like. Um, but, yeah, I think it is because there's that separation. Whenever we meet people uh, in person, we go to, like, shows, we travel to shows, yeah, yeah. the reception's amazing. The kind of mm. conversations we have are awesome even when people disagree with us like or challenge yeah. us on our standards uh it is done like respectfully uh That's in great. a way that the internet doesn't allow for you know <laughs> we could do better though we could just just be more civil and more kind to each other but again we're, we're not going to fix the internet overnight but i, no, I do appreciate not. you saying that and that makes so much more sense like you know i want to talk about which shows you've got which shows you've gone to and which ones you plan to go to with ags yeah uh, but but just Again, people talk differently in person than they do online, and 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 I'm glad that that in you know the the bright side of that is people are approaching you respectfully and civilly. You can disagree with people, but you can do it in a very civil and respectful manner. So, yeah. Um, could you kind of you know we're, we're gonna get to the grading, we're gonna get to the automated grading part of AGS. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm here for it and, all. Yeah. So, but can I ask you from a show standpoint? We're I, I know we've been a little bit delayed, and I appreciate this happening today, but you know, we were trying to get on the books earlier, but then uh, you had two shows recently that you've been to. So mm -hmm. could you kind of tell us where AGS has been and then where you all plan to go from a show geographical standpoint, but also yes. like maybe mission? 
so we actually launched like officially opened uh at collecticon like two years ago okay. uh which gave us a giant metazoo audience i'm very thankful for them we get tons of metazoo cards in lots of collector there i think it's just naturally collecticon is associated with metazoo and that's really uh they like marry together so we get lots of metazoo cards uh so we started by going to every collecticon that year um and we also went to the mint collective in vegas because we're trying to show off to sports collectors the value and the kind of service we're offering to them so the mint collective was a show that was like see like strictly for these kinds of people uh we also did the burbank card show recently um mm -hmm. again just trying to put our feet into the sports world more um mm -hmm. it's like we do it we do sports cards like i have mm -hmm. we have a whole separate ai model for sports cards um mm -hmm. but just like the community reception has not been as warm when it comes to sports cards as it is to the tcg um so we're our goal the reason we did that uh it was new york to california like i flew a bunch of people out to california machinery hotels we were out there for like two weeks mm -hmm. uh in order to meet these people um and just when you're when you once we're able to meet these people and explain uh like our like there's a lot of like customer education uh especially mm. in the sports collector world for us um mm. once we're able to meet these people we we closed like like 60 percent of the people who walked by ended up submitting oh. with us mm. uh it was amazing it was amazing but these are these are just people we have to find because we have been more in the tcg world so we're trying to do more sports heavy shows um and as far as like what's next for us this sunday we're doing a show in long island we're trying to do things that are more drivable uh like mm. you know that we can do a little easier maybe spend the night in an airbnb or something um just because these big shows are are very 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 expensive um yes. so we're trying to do some new jersey uh new jersey local shows long island um and there's even one that's happening on Staten Island soon. Uh, oh, they're converting nice. a restaurant uh, into like a like a, a venue. Uh, oh. So I think for the rest of the year, we're going to be trying to stick to tri-state uh, and like Long Island, maybe Pennsylvania, maybe Maryland, mm -hmm. uh, but stick to areas that are within like four or five hours driving. I mean, that way, yeah. Well, the more you keep talking about states, little by little, you're creeping closer towards Virginia. You just said Maryland, and that's, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm in Northern Virginia, a suburb of Washington, D.C. So that's, you know, that's within five hours. I mean, maybe not with traffic. Without traffic, it's five yeah. hours. But, well, we'd um, leave early, early in the morning. You know, we just, yeah, uh, yeah. just want to make sure because it's, I mean, we just want to make sure we're, it's a lot to ask people to yeah. leave their families, stay also, somewhere overnight, yeah. stay somewhere for a week. So, uh, see, like, I'm totally open to the idea. If you know of yeah. anything you want us to check out, if anybody has anything they want to put in the comments or send an email shows you'd like us to see, um, yeah. check us out. Um, hit us up on Instagram. Be glad. Like, we're definitely open to it. Yes. DM AGS. Um, uh, what's the handle i know you have your own personal handle and and alex the owner has i think it's like one pizza right one pizza is the owner yeah. uh that's alex yeah. um mine's a arroyo underscore 22 uh, i do answer yeah i do mm -hmm. answer uh dms um but only during business hours gotcha. uh which yeah. is like nine to five like once i clock out uh i also have a family and i like to spend time with them <laughs> set those boundaries aaron Don't yeah let the internet uh encroach upon them i i have yeah. that same problem and issue um yeah, but also so i'm I, not doing it for business i'm doing it for fun but you know yeah it's, I so i will see anyone who dms me between All nine right. and five <laughs> So uh, what about the grading company? It's what is it like AGS grading? Yeah, yeah. Autom automated grading systems. Um, well, uh, I, I mean, the Instagram handle. Oh, oh, name. yeah. It's just uh, at AGS grading. Okay, AGS grading. Okay, so 
Um, I know the Philly show just recently happened. That's in Pennsylvania. You just mentioned that as a state. Uh, but you guys weren't at. Uh, no, we were kind of recouping. Uh, we spent Recoup. two weeks in yeah. California. Uh, that was the longest I was ever away from my family. Um, so we're lucky. Like I'm doing this Long Island show. Um, right now we don't have a separate team that does shows and a separate team that's back in the office. When we're traveling, we're we're all traveling. We got to take the equipment to work while we're while we're traveling to keep a. Uh, you know, um, orders going out this gotcha. whole time. Um, so well, I would say more shows, it could be more shows locally in November and December, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be looking to travel like across the country again until next yeah. year. Gotcha. Well, you know, Chantilly shows in a month from the time of this recording, it's in mid August, uh, October, but I will not be, uh, clamoring for you guys to come. I do look forward to meeting you in person one day soon, but, um, yeah. seems like guys done a lot of good traveling to spread the word about this, you know, artificial intelligence trading card grading company. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so before we get into kind of like what AGS does, I, I did want to ask you just the job title. I mean, you're the first operations manager that I've had on, on this podcast, uh, can you, you know, you mentioned about flying people out and, you know, I'm sure you're kind of like being, you know, delegating tasks and yeah, telling yeah. people what you should do. But I mean, could you kind of explain more about your uh, role in within AGS? Yeah. So my job is to uh, hire people. You know, uh, I assign the daily tasks to people. There's like nine steps to our operation in order to get cards out. So assigning staff where they need to be. Um, majority of our staff is trained in all of those avenues. So if they need to cover for somebody or if they need, I need to double up on one area, uh, I can assign more people to that task. Uh, it's my job sorry it's my job to make sure we can get our orders out on time mm-hmm. um if customers uh, service complaints sort of get elevated then i would be the person to handle it uh we do have a team that does that but if they need me then i step in uh i also plan the shows i uh handle all sorts of like raises hiring firing um budgetary reason budgets ordering of supplies yeah. uh just basically the money isn't mine i'm an employee you know but i try to make all the moves happen yeah uh, so anything you can think of on the day-to-day and large scale uh does get run by me gotcha so i i if any of this is secret sauce please uh don't feel at all like pressure to answer but you just mentioned nine steps within the operation so are you able to kind of talk about some of those or list the nine yeah yeah yeah, absolutely so the first step is uh submissions um right now we have about three million cards in our database so Mm -hmm. if those cards are in our database without issue they get submitted really fast but people also submit cards that aren't currently in our database and we're always Mm -hmm. constantly expanding that again we hit three million just this week three million cards um but there's so many there's so many cards still to do so if a card isn't in our database they have to go to manual submissions uh which we which are we have to manually add the cards to our database uh individually what i do have is like i have a team of people who work remotely who scrape large data sets and import thousands of cards at a time mm-hmm. uh so if we a customer ever sends us something um that's not in there we'll just input it manually uh to make sure the set and all the information but it takes a little bit longer um mm-hmm. after that the next step is to scan your cards um so front and back of the card gets scanned then we upload it to the ai and then an annotator reviews uh the annotations so the grade of the ai um and then after that, they go to the labels. After labels, it goes to the slabbing process. So we have like some air blowers and air tanks where you blow the slab out for dust and wipe it down. Um, after that, it goes to welding. And then we call it bob scanning because uh, 
it's a Xerox machine, uh, mm-hmm. but we put little googly eyes on the Xerox machine <laughs> and a little mustache, uh, and his name is Bob. Uh, so we, we Bob scan, that's what we call it. We Bob scan all of the slabs. So like, if you take, I have right over here, like if you take uh, this card right here and yeah. you scan the QR code, on the back of it when it takes you to the card page you Mm -hmm. won't see an image of this card that's not what you're going to see on your card page you're going to see your actual slab it'll be digitized Mm -hmm. for you um then after the cards get xerox scan they get put in these bags uh for protection while shipping um and then after that they get shipped out um so a lot of other companies don't do that xerox scanning they don't do that bagging step we also have custom AGS boxes, which I wish I had on hand to show you right now. Okay. Um, but depending on the size of your order, it gets a custom AGS box. Uh, we have them for 1 through 5, 10, 20, and 50. Uh, and that comes with every order, and there's no upcharge um, for that product. Uh, it makes it really good for like unboxing videos, to yeah. store your collection on shelving, uh, to travel with your collection. It can also work as a deck box. Um, mm-hmm. And those are all the steps. Uh, I need multiple people at all of those uh, stations daily. Oh, well, yeah, I said welding. Welding's a step. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I I counted. I think that was nine. Um, thank you so much for such a comprehensive answer. I I was like, I wonder if he's going to, you know, answer it or no, like, no, if there's something no... he can't answer. But that's awesome. No, I'm, I'm, I, mean, I told you I'm here for it. <laughs> all right. Uh, but... have, you, have you ever seen Robot Battle Wars? Uh where they like control these machines? Do you think Bob could take the ch- the championship? Bob is a pacifist. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. Uh, one of the our our um, chief robotics officer, the guy who made the machines in the AI program, uh, he used to run a company called Robo Duels, which is he had like robots that you could battle from your home. You'd get online and you go to roboduels.com. It might still be active. You can select the robot and you can battle with the robots he built in like in like this like empty living room to turn into like a robo battle arena. Uh, so it's just funny that you mentioned like robots fighting because we have a, like a background with that. I I have a separate browser open and I just put in roboduels.com and it's nothing's coming up. It's the wheel is spinning. So I'm not going to wait for this. Uh, I'm not yeah. going to, you know, have this podcast be delayed by my uh, internet. I don't know if it's um, active anymore. I don't know if it's, yeah. if it's still active, uh, but it was, it was something they used to do years ago. Uh, so we've talked about, we talk about robots fighting like a lot here. And like, oh, you know what? In- instead of putting roboduels.com, I just Googled for roboduels mm-hmm. and it looks like there are some, 3d online games and you know i don't know if this is like your friends or your uh co-workers thing but yeah i mean it's oh they have an instagram robo duels interesting yeah i haven't <laughs> checked it out in a while like personally oh my god uh, but it's just uh it's the we, we used to talk well a lot over here that's hilarious okay so let's go let's get back on track i apologize i love to just meander and you know just, no, just no conversational threading i i get down these deep rabbit holes but you know that's that's life um uh so Let's see. You mentioned three million cards currently in database. Like, sounds like a crazy high number. I mean, do you guys even know? Like, I'm I'm trying to wonder if it's like the universe where we don't even know how you know, like, getting to the edge of the universe. Like, what is the number? Like, do do you guys have a general idea of like how many cards, trading cards, there are in the entire universe of cards? (laughs) Uh, I'm. I have. I have no idea. I know it's got to be so much more because we feel. We feel like we're so far away mm-hmm. from getting our database where it needs to be because it's like every like 
every like sport, modern sports card, like it feels like they come in like thirteen variations, you know. <laughs> yes. Yes. And each one of those counts towards a card in the system. Like it's orange, uh, it's purple, it's yes. cracked ice. Um, yes. You know, so I, it feels like it's never ending. If we hit like fifty million cards, I'm sure we'll feel more comfortable. You uh -huh. know, like but like fifty millions, where we gotta like be at. Um, Got it. When it comes to with with Pokemon and other TCGs, it's a lot easier. You get like you have your regular card, a hollow or reverse hollow, right? Maybe an alt art. You know, um, I. But like, can I, can I, sorry to interrupt, but I did want to say, uh, I just found out yesterday that apparently Pokemon might start doing parallel numbered, serial numbered or parallel numbered cards. No so kind of like the one of one, uh, the one ring for Magic the Gathering yeah, that got yeah. so much press. I can't even imagine if, if it's true, right? I mean, I just saw it come across my uh, feed and I, or I heard about it. And then I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to turn into such a huge chase for the one of one Pikachu and, and oh things my like goodness, that. yeah. And the thing, the thing is, like, if even if they like, why I think it was so effective with Magic is like they so rarely do something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whereas, like, with sports cards, I mean, there's like, like, I feel like there's like 39 one of one cards for the totally. same player, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, so it's like, uh, we like. How did that affect the value, the marketing on it? Um, so if you're to serialize uh, like a Charizard, a Pikachu, yeah, um, that would oh, be yeah, Charizard, it, right. it, it. Would make people go insane. Yeah, like, Charizard, <laughs> the, the Michael Jordan Pokemon. I forgot. Yeah, Charizard. I should have not used Pikachu as the example. Pikachu may be like the mascot. He may be like the Jerry West kind of like the logo man for NBA. Yeah. But then Charizard is like the Michael Jordan. So um, I gotta say though, I mean. I could be totally wrong with this number, but I recall hearing from somewhere that, so I, I don't know if you know Trevor Lawrence, he's the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was such a hot rookie and I, someone, again, I could be totally wrong, but apparently there's like something crazy. I, again, I almost hesitate even say the number, but like 500 one of ones out there just for that one quarterback, you know, not oh, all totally, of them have like, yeah, totally it's believe it. Totally. Wild. Believe it. It's wild. Everybody's so, got a one of one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got a one of one. We're all one of ones, Aaron. We're all special stars in the universe. Uh, every <laughs> single one of us, uh, no matter how many uh, grains of sand you've heard of that. Uh, heard of that uh, example or story or I don't even know that fact. Apparently, well, uh, more stars than there are grains of sand. Yes, or more stars yeah. in the universe than grains of sand in the entire world. Uh, all the beaches combined. Yeah, you start thinking about how small we are. It's you, you, you get too deep into that rabbit hole. Oh yeah, <laughs> I sure. will not. I, I will get us back on track because yes, I we can talk about that and just too much. We can we can turn into a an astrology and a yeah, life the cosmos podcast. the cosmos podcast. <laughs> yes, but you know it's really funny. We're still scraping the universe for information and data, and you were talking about scraping these large data sets. So I think uh, when you and I talked briefly earlier, you were kind of saying how this artificial intelligence that you have, this model, the algorithm, whatever it is it's still learning. And every mm -hmm. time you have more data points, it continues to get more ro robust and stronger. Is that right? Yeah, um, it does. It's, I, it's not as like dramatic as I may make it sound like, um, like you, like every like two months, you'll see like a 0.202% increase in overall accuracy, you know, cause it's not bad. Like it's good where it's at right now, mm -hmm. but like every time we update it, it's like, Oh, this went from like, uh, eighty-seven point nine seven percent to eighty-seven point nine nine percent. Like mm -hmm. there are incremental increases. Mm -hmm. Um, 
excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, just like the more cards we're able to scan, um, the faster that data grows. So like mm-hmm. our sports model was awful, awful our first year. Right, like it required so much extra attention and work. Like we'd have to run the card like four times in the program mm-hmm. uh, in order to get it right. And then we have like a, we have a much better creative model now, mm-hmm. um, so it's so much faster. Like I can't even express to you uh, the difference it made mm-hmm. in our lives. Okay. Um, but in order to do that, we have to scan more cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more cards we're able to get in uh, of a specific type of game. Um, the faster we're able to make that model improve upon it. That's why like our TCG model is so great. Our TCG model is amazing. Uh, and it has like, it has like a 97% accuracy rating. Uh, centering, I think is like our worst one, like out of the four subgrades. Uh-huh. Um, but we recently, like I, I could talk to you about some of the changes we made to it um, to make grading a little different. Um, but we use that. We I was using the ideas like if we're able to scan like a thousand cards a day, right, on each machine, that's only so much data we're able to get in. So yeah. if we're able to grow, continue to grow and grow at scale, yeah. and build ten of these machines, a hundred mm. of these machines, and have all of them scanning these cards because you see like Gemrate puts out reports of like what PSA is doing. They're doing like yeah. half a million cards yeah. each month. If we if we had one month of like half a million cards, the amount of data we'd be able to use to improve our model would be so dramatic. Uh and we'd have so much more information because like there there are little things, like little things you may not think of. Like sometimes like a period mark, uh like at the end of a sentence mm. would get marked as like dirt. As like a, as like a damage to the card, right? So you have to go in there and teach it. Hey, no, this is incorrect. Like this is grammar. You know, this is like mm. you, you can't you can't. When new hollow patterns come out, um, when new hollow patterns come out, we have to spend time teaching it. Hey, this isn't damage, right? Mm. Because the hollow could be imprinted into the card, yes. right? It could change the patterns on the card, and it could pick it up as damage. So we have to teach it. Hey, no, this is incorrect. This is correct, and we have to go. Um, we do this a number of times, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what we do is we take, like, we tell it, like, every order, we're like, hey, this is right, this is wrong, right? And then we run something called the mask, and it takes all of that information and it puts it, like, in a bubble, right? We take that mm. bubble and we upload it to the to the model, right? Yeah. And then every month, we update the model with all the new learned information, Um so every month we're improving the AI model. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes the leaps are large. Sometimes they're very small. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really depends on the amount of submissions we get in. Um, so if the more we're able to, the more submissions we're able to get in, the faster our model will continue to grow and improve, which I think it's very, very good now. Like, I think it's very good. I'm very proud and happy with what we do. The longer mm-hmm. I'm in this space, the more I appreciate what we do and mm-hmm. how we do it um because i i have seen the behind the scenes at some of these other companies and i personally wasn't thrilled with everything i saw i can't speak mm-hmm. on all of that uh mm-hmm. but it just it makes me more proud of what we're doing here um it's not like there's no humans here it's not like we're heartless people you know it's not like like some people think it's just like two dudes in a lab coat and a robot <laughs> like you know i got i got dozens of people here i got a two-floor office yeah. you know we play cards back here nice. um <coughs> excuse me um 
so like there like there is like you know there's there's people here we do care about what we're doing mm-hmm. uh, and we want to give you the info like i don't i don't know if i'm able uh to speak about uh, speak upon that like i don't know if i can talk to you about like like our grading standards how we how we do that stuff if you want to kind of go into it um but yeah. when it's, just to wrap again on data sets um the more cards we're able to scan the more we're able to improve the model uh and i would love for us to keep growing at scale to get new machines in and uh make that growth more exponential uh, we just built a, our third machine and mm-hmm. uh right now scanning a card takes about 30 seconds mm-hmm. and on this new machine scanning a card takes 10 seconds um so we are going to start tripling our output. We're doing about 500 a day, some days 600. Um, and but to be able to triple our scanning output, uh, we'll make one our operation faster, right? Mm-hmm. Our turnaround time faster. Um, but it'll just allow us to get more data in, which is the most important thing for us. You already kind of answered the question that I was going to have a follow up about what makes the sports card so different from TCG. You mentioned centering is one of the bigger uh, of the force up components. Yeah. Um, so centering uh, is very different on a lot of sports cards. We yeah. uh, do like an inner outer border method uh, where we compare the inner and outer borders. We'll look at the pixel counts uh, between huh. them. Um, we'll look at the how parallel, how perpendicular they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically runs a complex like formula based on like the data in between them uh, to create the centering. But with sports cards, uh, it could be like the shift of the printing. Like there's no outer. Some of them don't have like inner borders, so you have to see yeah. where the cards are printed. On mm-hmm. also edge damage is calculated mm-hmm. very differently. Um, edge damage on a Pokemon card can be so much more severe uh, than it can be on a sports card. Okay. If sports cards edge damage, that we calculate that much harsher. Than we would on like a TCG because you guys have pointed you guys have pointed corners yeah, versus yeah. rounded corners. The yeah, damage yeah. is often much more pronounced. It's off the card, uh-huh. uh, and it visually looked so much worse. So we grade edge damage. I would say the biggest difference is we grade edge damage much and corner damage much harsher on sports cards than we do mm-hmm. on TCG. Uh, and it's the nature of the printing quality. Um, also, another thing is with um, sports cards, print lines are a lot more common. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we don't deduct as harshly for print lines as we do for uh, TCG. So like with a Pokemon card, a print line, we're losing points off the surface grade. We, we could even potentially lose points off the overall grade. Whereas like sports cards, we won't do that unless they exceed a certain threshold. <coughs> you just hit... I mean, I just you just knocked out the next four questions about surface centering, edges, corners. You just you just did it in such an awesome, great way, comparing and contrasting the uh, sports cards and Pokemon cards. So, thank you for doing that. I mean, you made my job so much easier here. No, no problem. Uh, I have a ton more information here. Like whatever, whatever <laughs> you want to know. Well, we're almost at the forty minute mark. I I did say I would try to get it close to forty five minutes, but I mean, I hope we can go a little bit longer. I want to definitely keep it under an hour for both you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean. Can we just talk about the quality of uh, the printing, uh, you know, the the pre, not pre, it's not aftermarket. There's aftermarket damage and there's production quality. But uh, Japanese cards, cards that are created uh, outside of the U.S. and for TCG, just these seem like they're able to, like, you know, a competitor of yours being Beckett. Uh, the reason I bring them up is because they have the pristine and the black label. Like, it seems like those are so much more easier to do than it is for sports cards. And I, I have, you know, in my house, Pokemon and sports cards. And 
we our gem rate you know my kids are submitting their pokemon cards and they're 10 they're gemming so much easier than my 90s sports cards and even my ultra modern sports cards yeah um and so would you say i mean like not to like you know we're not we're not trying to get into like uh you know bad mouthing like these uh printing companies but like do you do see a noticeable difference within the gem rates uh the gem mint yeah gem rates of of pokemon tcg versus sports cards uh yeah i i do see that and i partially what i believe is like you also have to consider the value of the cards mm -hmm. um because once you start throwing gem like perfect tens on these older sport cards we're talking like much more money much more insurance that has right. to be paid out to the companies much more insurance has to be paid out by the customer um uh -huh. printing quality is definitely a huge factor um i've had cards come to me from thailand uh, uh taiwan uh, japan and the quality is very very nice yeah. very very nice like 90 percent of the time we get stuff printed here um you get a lot of off-centering you get a lot of i mean i've had damaged edges damaged corners yeah. uh i've had pinholes uh when we talk pack fresh i've had pinholes yeah. in cards um and i just think i really i think one of the biggest differences like maybe this is maybe this is wrong but for us at ags i think one of the biggest difference is corners yeah. pointed corners versus rounded corners right. and the way the damage appears and how that looks visually to a collector uh and what that looks like when it's in your slab you know mm. um because you're like oh i think i have something great here somebody else is going to pick that edge apart that corner apart um <coughs> excuse me um and i think that's why um sports cards tend to not grade as well or have a harder time getting these perfect tens i think uh there you have to take you have to take really good care of them you know we get pokemon yeah. I, I i've gotten pokemon cards delivered to me in like in like um like construction paper wrapped up in construction paper <laughs> and still grade a 10 you know and i've had sports cards delivered to me like in magnet cases you know and get like a nine five because it's got these corner dings it's got these edge damages yeah um so also you have to um we also have to um, consider the population of the card. Yeah. Um, so, how many of these cards ha are being submitted, and what are those? What are those other cards getting? Or is it commonly getting a ten? Right. Uh, what 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 kind of printing issues are we seeing with them? So, I think with modern stuff, it's easier to get those grades, whereas these companies might not have the same population of data to go mm -hmm. off of on your '90s basketball cards. Yeah, I, I, I shouldn't have said the 90s basketball. I mean, that is what I collect. And I, I like to, um, you know, grade when I can, uh, with the understanding that it's it's they're not going to gem very easily. But uh, yeah, I really should have compared in, uh, the apples to apples talking about ultra modern, you know, any sport, but ultra modern pack fresh, these cards are coming out off centered and like damaged edges and corners. And I mean, that's already like, it's already a gamble opening sealed wax, but to add on another risk factor of, oh, your cards might not be gem mint right out of the pack is that's pretty tough. So, um, you know, I hope to see uh, some, some improvements in that going from, you know, I mean, I'll just say the names going from Panini to, to uh, fanatics, but uh, in the sports world, I know Pokemon, it's the same ownership group, but um apparently that they're they're still using the same i forget the name of the company gp or something like that but they're they're using the same printing companies so hopefully there's just more auditing or more quality assurance because wax is already so expensive to to mm -hmm. to rip so um no but uh, you know it's really funny uh you mentioned the cards coming to you in a, a specific uh way 
uh, I had a grader on uh, Sophia from CGC, and she had these funny stories about the way people pack their cards and submit them. And it, it just, it is so much better when it's a neater submission, I, I imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I had one guy send, like, I don't know if they were doing it as a joke or not, but I had one guy send me his cards wrapped in three paper plates. Uh, we kept the paper plates, they're taped on our wall, uh, just to, like, so we never forget. But, like, they weren't even clean plates. I was oh. like, what is, what is this person doing? Like, just go just go to the post office and get, like, a little cardboard box. It's not too expensive. Wow. Uh, I love when people uh, organize their cards the proper way. And when they put the little tape and you can take it out of the top loader. My, oh, oh, yeah. You'll, so you like the you like the little tabs. I have uh, one right here. But, like, you like when the, um, the submissions have the little uh, tape, the color tape at the top. Oh, it's just so much easier to take out. Like, cause uh -huh. the only time really the cards are outside, uh, like we have to take them out when we're submitting them. Um, mm -hmm. especially with Pokemon cards, because sometimes people will put things on top of it. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Just makes yeah. it easy to peel right yeah. out. You know, yeah. it it minimizes the risk of damage. Like, cause you can damage it when yeah. putting it in 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 and out of these things. Yeah. Um. So when you minimize damage that way, it's it's amazing. But also, if they keep the cards, uh, Kobe, we have a we yeah. have a Kobe. I'll send you a photo. Uh, when we're done with the podcast, we have a Kobe mural. Uh, Gotta show front, me absolutely. in our front lobby. I think he'll love it. Actually, yeah, absolutely. Um, you gotta come visit. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, yeah, Staten it's, Island. It's only five hours away. So yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a cool spot. There's lots of if you ever come by, we'll we'll take you out to eat. Okay. Oh man, uh, Korean barbecue, please. <laughs> yes, yes, I love Korean barbecue. Awesome. Um, but no, uh, yes. Uh, so so you like the tabs? Um, when people squish them in, I I've talked about this with other uh you know people in the Meet the Greater series. Do you see more edge damage at the top because people are pushing their cards up from the top uh, into a top loader or a card saver or like where uh, do you at the you... bottom? Like, bottom. The bottom. Okay. Like, people are putting in, like the bottom corners when they're putting yeah. it in because sometimes they come in, they'll put it in like at an angle and like they'll like the card will be diagonal and they'll slide it in. Oh. Uh, so I see a lot of edge damage come that way. I see uh, like surface damage come from it too. Surprisingly, okay. uh, they'll okay. maybe pinch it too hard with like their fingernails. Pinch it, yeah. Um, so just like like open it up, put it in, put the put the little tab on it, and put it in a top loader or a card saver. Your card will be safe, you know. It handle seems it that so way. simple, and yet some people. I mean, again, we can't like dummy proof the entire submission, but you know, the onus is really on us to do it the right way. The consumer, like we're we're in charge of the entire soup to nuts. I mean, I know the grading companies have their you know huge role in it with grading and accuracy and transparency and shipping times, but you know, we pay for the insurance, we pay for the shipping, we have to do it right, and like there's so many errors that can happen along the way. It's amazing that we all great so much you know that we already do because it's it, it is it is fraught with mistakes if you aren't careful um you know i will admit that i've i've you know i try much better to like roll the penny sleeve in my between my fingers to kind of create a little bit more space but when i got back when i came back to the hobby i was like doing it the way i did as a kid where I was just like nicking the corners of my cards, putting them into penny sleeves. I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing? This is like terrible. So, you know, you just learn from that. But um, I got to ask you, when you put a card in into a penny sleeve and top loader, because I've asked, I've asked this to the others, which corner goes down first? Bottom right. Bottom right. You're right-handed. Yeah. Okay. I think left-handed people might do it left, uh, left, bottom left. But yeah, it's just um, natural the way it goes, you know? All right, TCG, let me ask you. 
do you double penny sleeve your cards? Like I heard people go upside down, like they go top right into the penny sleeve. Then they do like the normal bottom uh, half of the card into a penny sleeve. So they're almost like two penny sleeves. Is that, is that, that's a thing in TCG? Yeah. Yeah. Top and bottom. That way there's like, there's no dust can get in either way. Uh, uh, so people do, and then you put that in a binder or, you know, you put that in a card saver. And a uh, binder? I, oh, you can't, I've some, how do you I've fit had that people, in? I've had people with like five layers of protection on like their dark magician card. You know, like it happens. Um, me, penny uh, sleeve, top loader, or like in a binder. You know, and I think you'll be good from there. Five layers. That's like that's like these razors we have nowadays. Like five razor blades and one razor. It's like what <laughs> happened to just having one or two? Like why do we need five? No, people, people. People do really take it seriously, uh, and when we see someone who packages it really seriously, we put a little note to send them back their supplies uh, after. <laughs> they're like, supplies. "This person cares." Yeah, like, that's very nice of you. I don't think I, I can't. I can't imagine. I mean, I know the the big three or four don't do that because I've submitted to them, but like that's just yeah. All you have to do is request it. You have to ah. request it. Uh, mm-hmm. But if if I see something like if you send me like magnet cases. Like I'm sending them back to you. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, the one touches. Yeah, no, that's very nice of you guys. So, um, going back to these machines, you you have a name for Bob for this the Bob scan. Um, do you guys have machine names for the machines that do the actual scanning, or is that like secret sauce stuff? Uh, what you call it? They're just they should have like people names. They don't. They're just like the AG one, the AG one point five, and the AG one point five T. That's that's what they're like. We call them scanner one, two, and three. You know, (laughs) but uh, I think we have to give them names now. I think you know. I don't. I don't know. And I mean, definitely don't have them battle because they're pacifists. But so you you guys are looking to scale up. I mean, again, you're talking about goals and visions. Yeah. More cards into the database. uh, Store in Miami, uh, Miami, Florida. Uh, we want to have a card lounge in there as well. Whoa. Um, that's something that's something we're definitely looking towards. Uh, if you check out our Instagram, I think the owner speaks about it on one of our videos. Okay. Um, but yeah, definitely looking to expand. Um, we want to we want to do our best to keep growing. Like I really like what yeah. we do. I'm really proud of it. Uh, so we just want to keep it up the best we can. Um, hopefully next year we can do more shows. Uh, find mm. a way to make them more affordable. Get people like people. What I, what I find is people really enjoy the product. They really like the customer service they get when they get involved and when they learn about what the process is. Uh, But it's about getting them into the doorway. You know, I just need to get more people into the doorway. We'd love to uh, continue having more people try AGS out. Like we, we, Mm -hmm. I mean, we did it. We did a one month where we offered everyone. I mean, I think the promo code is active. If it's your first time ordering with us, you get one card for free. You can do Mm -hmm. one card for free submission because we just believe in the product. Uh, We believe that once you get your card back that like, you'll want to continue submitting with us. So before I let you go, I do, I have two things, two topics or questions I really would love to tackle. One has to do with the competitive advantage that you see AGS have has over other grading companies, or maybe even similarly situated grading companies, which, you Mm -hmm. know, if you want to say the names, you can, Uh, I'm not here to like denigrate or disrespect any other grading companies. So it's just more about giving you shine with your current, you know, with your grading company, because you work there and you love it so much. The second has to just do with resale value, because it does seem like there's such a resale value king in the grading space. And that dominates the market share because, well, for many reasons, but people want to maximize the value of their cards, whether it is to flip, invest, or even just collect and keep. Um, but so can I ask you just that first question when it comes to competitive advantage, what do you see uh, that AGS offers that others specifically like similarly situated 
uh, grading companies uh, maybe don't offer or that you do better? Now, when you when you say similarly situated, are you referring to companies like like TAG or HGA, things that are who are trying to be in the more tech related field? Yeah, artificial intelligence grading. Yeah. So, so yeah, what's yeah. different about us uh, as compared to them is like what they do is like really really high end photographs, uh, lots of angles, really great exposure. I'm not saying that's bad at all. Um, that's not what we do. Uh, what we have is a laser scanning machine that creates a 3D model of your card. So your mm. card goes into the platform. The laser sits above it, and it, as it goes through the platform, the scan comes down. Right. The scan is set to scan at a certain height. And what that does is it creates a 3D model of the front of your card, and then it creates a 3D model of the back of your card. Um, this lets us zoom in uh, to get the depth of the card. So we're able to see ink spots added on. We're able to see the depth of the scratches, how deep pinholes are. We're able to see basically like under the front of your card in a way that no photograph can ever hope to duplicate. Um, and we're able to see that image at 100 different settings. Um, mm. So I don't care how nice your camera is. It's not a 3D rendering model of your card. It's not. It's it's different. What we're doing is different. And we have this technology patent pending, so nobody else can do this kind of stuff. Uh, and the speed at which it goes is only continuing faster. I told you our newest machines at 10, uh, 10 seconds per card. Um, mm. You know, so you're able to extract so much data uh, out of this, you know, um, and it allows us to, like, see dirt water damage stains uh print lines mm -hmm. we look for oil scratches fingerprints mm -hmm. we wipe mm -hmm. down your cards with a microfiber cloth like we'll wipe okay. it down with a microfiber cloth before it goes in and for, for fingerprints mm -hmm. uh we'll look for like edge peeling ink dents um uh whitening sometimes there's glue on people's cards tape mm -hmm. on people's cards, mm -hmm. creases um and like card alterations like we look for like ink, maybe trim centering. Uh, and what we're able to tell is like, here's your card surface. And then if you add it ink, it will be a higher la layer on top of the card. Uh, and we're able to see that through these laser scans. Uh, and I think that's really unique. Uh, and it's really comprehensive. And then when you get your cards back, you scan the QR code, you're able to see eight scans of your card where we highlight specific damage. So you're able to see a centering scan, surface, corners, and edge scan. And those areas will be highlighted uh, for the front and back of your card. Mm -hmm. And they're color-coded. Pink is uh, minor damage and blue is major damage. So mm -hmm. you get like this full report as to why your card got the grade it did uh, with with eight with 12 subgrades in total, four front, four back, yeah. and then the overall. The front is weighted at 60%. The back is weighted at 40%. Okay. Um, and I just think the amount of information you get, um, you know, for the service you're paying for, we are the mm -hmm. cheapest grading service by default pricing. It's mm -hmm. uh, $14 a card. Um, it is the cheapest, like, I don't want to say cheapest, that's not the right way to say it, but we wanted to make the most cost-effective entry yeah. point the, yeah. to offer the best return on investment uh, mm -hmm. for people who are, you know, looking to sell uh, or or build their, per if you're looking to build your personal collection, you're not breaking the bank selling, and if you're looking for return on investment, you know, at this entry point of $14 a card, uh, you're, you have much greater return on those odds, you know. Um, so, yeah, really love the kind of breakdown we get so you always know why and how you got your grade there's never there's never a question 
Uh, if you disagree with it, you can hit us up. We can take a look at it. We'd love to do that. Uh, we mm-hmm. have people resend us the same cards all the time. Uh, and once we have your scan, it's a fingerprint. And mm-hmm. I can compare it. Like uh, If you give me a Charizard, uh, base set Charizard, I can compare that Charizard to every other Charizard we've ever got in. Um, Theoretically... If you submit the same exact card, and I, there could be damage with getting it, you know, like um, you might not get the same exact card in the same exact condition, but let's say you have like a, the same exact card from the same customer and it really is the same. Theoretically, you should get the same exact grade. It should look exactly, it should have the same annotations, the same yeah. subgrades. Yeah. If something happened and the conditions is altered a little bit or the mm-hmm. card is warped or held in like a certain type of like, like if the card if the card map is different, yeah. like if anything happened to the card in between being out of the office and back to the customer, then yeah. the grade will be different. But if everything was kept like in pristine condition, if they send it back to us in the slab, the the annotation should be the same, the card map should be the same. Right. Uh, and so that's it's a huge plus with us. So do do you all get um, crossover submissions, or is it or are these Every cards day. always slabbed? Um, every day, every okay. day, we get we get a lot of PSA, SGC, we get DSG, we get degree grading, uh, we do get some SGC. I do think they're a very good company, personally. Uh-huh. Um, okay. uh, we get some HGA. Um, mm-hmm. I, the most we get is PSA and CGC crossover grading. So people mm-hmm. send us in, we crack the slabs open. People request that we make videos on them. You can see our Instagram reels. A lot of the videos that we make about crossover grading is like people mm-hmm. send a little note like, hey, could you please make a video uh, on this card? Mm-hmm. And we'll film us cracking it open, scanning it. We'll show the we'll show the grade it got at uh, CGC, and then we'll show why it got the grade it got here, uh, which I think is pretty unique. I have a base Michael Jordan like Fleer Ultra card that I've submitted to th- well submitted personally to two and it came in a ISA grading so it went through ISA PSA and BGS maybe I submit to AGS and you know I mean they're all like in the nines and tens there it's not like a dinged bad card but I'd be interested to see how you know it's almost like a card that I'm using as a floated around and see what 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 happens with other grading companies. But I might yeah, do it makes that. sense. It totally it totally makes yeah. sense. That's like a, it's also like fantastic content. Like yes, you know, I mean, big 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 brain play there. <laughs> I just I just like learning about the space. Really, this I have like no vested interest in any of the you know like even this right. I mean, like uh, when we talked about getting this set up, like. At no point did I ever talk about, hey, I would like this kickback or pay for play, mm. right? I mean, like, I hope people understand, like, there is no, like, ulterior motive with this other than to learn more about the grading space. Um, so having said that, um, I know we're coming up in an hour. I did want to ask uh, if we can possibly do this in the next, like, three, four minutes, like, the resale, resale value. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'll I mean, try to be talk- as quickly as I can yeah. with that. Um, yeah. So I have, we hire, like, multiple contractors to do streaming for us on, mm-hmm. like, different platforms, uh, on whatnot, on Drip. I think we're trying to explore TikTok as well. And mm-hmm. they'll sell slabs there. They'll sell slabs on eBay. We have an eBay store. People sell on eBay. Uh, people sell in person. Uh, I've had m- multiple TCG cards sell for record pricing, especially when it comes to Pokemon, uh, MetaZoo, um, and some of these Kickstarters. We just got, uh, there's a new TCG called Rise, uh, and we just got their uh, Kickstarter set, their tier one Kickstarter set, and each of those cards are like worth $10,000, uh, and they graded the complete set with us. It was pretty amazing. Um, and so when it comes to the TCG market, 
as long as you're mm-hmm. like if your grades are good, like if you get like, anything like eight or above, I think you're selling at pretty comparable value. There are there are issues sometimes people won't respect the label. Uh, yeah. We do have a nine point five and ten gold label, so AGS gold nine point five or ten that increased. Like once we cha- made that change, the value of those slabs shot through the roof. Right, the second we made them gold labels, we are working on a legendary label right now, which mm-hmm. requires eight perfect subgrades. So four in the front mm. all tens four in the back all tens <coughs> excuse me mm-hmm. um so when it comes to tcg i've seen us sell at record prices many many times mm-hmm. um i've seen us sell much lo- lower than market value it's hit or miss depending on the card depending on the grade and for sports cards um i really think if we hit that five, when we hit that five-year mark, right, uh, when it comes to sports cards, that people in that space will start to take us a lot more seriously. I've had multiple sports cards sell for, like, 10, 15K. <coughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. And it's really cool to see, but not everyone is buying them. There, A lot of them are sitting there. We see the transactions waiting or people not getting the value of what they want. So I think it is a little bit on the job of the collector, of the consumer, uh, to know the value of what they are holding on to and to hold true to that value and sell it for what it's worth. But I think the longer we stay around, the more uh, legitimized we get to people that the value will continue to shoot up. I think once we create the legendary label, um, which would be the hardest ten to, uh, perfect 10 to get, uh, the value of those will, will shoot up the same way the gold labels did. I'm sorry, I just need some water. Yeah, yeah, take a moment. Uh, I did want to ask you while you're doing that, um... Do you, I mean, do you even want to get into, uh, this will take us a little bit past the hour mark, which is fine with me if it's okay with you, but like, are we, like, would you care to venture a guess or a theory as to why we have this one dominating resale value king versus even like the other really big, uh, you know, grading companies? Like, Uh, I mean, it's just like people, people just like we talk about like PSA, like like people grade with PSA not because they have the best grading standards, not because their grades are uh, better or worse than anyone's else. People grade with PSA because resale value. People respect the label. So it's just the, the brand recognition, the name recognition, uh, the long-term legitimacy of how long they've been in business. Um, that's why I say really for sports collectors, we really think year five will be a really big turning point for us when it comes to sports. Mm-hmm. Um we're trying to step more into that market and meet people um, where they're at um, in order to increase the value. But I just, I just think it's, it's a lot of name recognition. It's very easy to put online and sell. um, Whereas you don't have to find your audience. Your audience is everybody when you're PSA, you know, your audience is everyone in the hobby. Um, But I would say if they were doing their jobs properly to full effect, and they had a perfect customer satisfaction rating, companies like mine or ours wouldn't exist. Mm. But we exist. You know, mm. we're employed. We're employing people, you know, mm. uh, and we're growing. Um, so there is, like, that. that is getting shaken up a little bit. Companies have to do things to stand out. Uh, something I like that Degree does is they have, like, a zero grade. You know, uh, HGA has really nice custom labels, horizontal slabs. Mm-hmm. We have our gold labels. We're going to be working on the legendary label soon. So you have to you have to do something that creates that value uh, yeah. for, for the consumer on the resale market. You know, yeah. so the gold labels, um, the gold labels and the legendary labels will will be that for us. 
Aaron, this was fantastic. You said you've never been on a podcast and you just gave me and the listeners just an awesome hour of, I can't believe how open and like, there was not a single question you wouldn't answer. And I really appreciate that. I mean, I hope <laughs> no people problem. really enjoyed this hour. I can't wait for it to be published and for people to kind of hear more about AGS and what y'all are doing. And I, my submission, I think will have to be an in-person uh, again. Like if, if you guys aren't coming to shows, you guys are already, I mean, you guys are only like five hours away from me. Um, I would love to meet you in person. I would love to see the store, you know, check yeah, out the absolutely. baseball field near you. Uh, the Miami one is going to be, I mean, I grew up in Fort Lauderdale too, but um, best of luck with the the opening of that store. We could expect that sometime in 2024. Uh, that's completely up to the owners. I'm not okay. entirely sure. <laughs> you know, uh, I'll see you in Florida when it happens though. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so I wish you the best of luck with everything. Uh, thank you again for such a great, um, you know, interview chat um you know and and let's be in touch i'm gonna end recording here but i, I want to keep you a little bit just as, just to thank you again not a problem it was a great time all right thank you